1: This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting Rooms for Locked On Pirates once a week. Yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here on Locked On Pirates every single day, and it's the perfect place to start or join conversations about the Pirates and Major League Baseball. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room, so come join us every Sunday as I'm on Spotify Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day
0: What's up locked on Pirates and locked on Cardinals listeners we have a crossover post game show addition after the Cardinals three game sweep of the Pittsburgh Pirates in PNC Park. I am the St. Louis Cardinal mega fan host of locked on Cardinals, Lucas Smith joined by not relative, but same last name host of locked on pirates, Ethan Smith, Ethan, how's it going?
1: Uh, well, for how much we talk about the Cardinals and the pirates together, we might as well be relatives, but I'm doing all right. (laughs) I am of course your host that does the most over here at locked on pirates who also predicted on Monday or on Tuesday that we would see a two out of three series win for the pirates. And obviously Based on some things that did not happen, that didn't happen. So, uh, yeah, that's how I'm feeling about that. Don't take my betting advice. Use BetOnline.ag's betting advice.
0: There you go. Or go head over to Locked On Bets, and they can give you some some, some great yeah, advice there too. Maybe but, I need to go over there. <laughs> nevertheless, the Cardinals do pull off a sweep. And Ethan, at this point, you know, like you mentioned off air, seventy-three loss team. Before we go game by game, what? What what do Pirates fans have to look forward to? What what do you think is in the works prospect-wise? What, what do you think it is in the future for the Pittsburgh Pirates?
1: Everything prospect-wise, sadly, is pretty much 2023-ish. So I'm not saying next year is going to be completely the same because obviously Ben Charrington is a mastermind and can figure out anything in the offseason and make this team at least somewhat relatively mediocre, not bottom three in the league. As far as what to look forward to, I mean, you saw in today's game, Colin Moran, can he consistently be that power bat in the lineup that you really need? Um, Hoyun Park has been awesome from the Yankees. He's done very good things. If it wasn't for him on Tuesday night, we get no hit in that game, and he actually hit a home run in that game, which was fun, as I can literally recap the games. And, I mean, outside of that, do we see Michael Chavis and Tucapita Marcano this year, two guys that were also acquired at the deadline? Does key Brian Hayes get out of this funk of not being able to hit anything inside on him at all? Um, JT Brubaker has fallen from grace. I want to see if he can pick it back up. Uh Bryce Wilson, another guy who we picked up in trade from Atlanta. He's been relatively good through his first two starts, her first couple starts. And even Stephen Brawl has been as well. But if you're asking me what to look forward to, just look at the individual growth of these players. Look at the growth of even the coaching staff, Derek Shelton, To me, this season has come a long way than he did in 2020. Obviously, in 2020, he didn't really have a lot of time to do things, but he's come a long way. Key Brian Hayes, come a long way. Can Mitch Keller ever figure it out? That's going to be another big question. There's a ton of questions still, and of course, I cover them every day. And I mean, realistically, there's a different question that arises from it every single day that you watch this team, even if they are 33 games under 500.
0: Yeah, definitely. Cardinals and Pirates are uh, at least at the moment in different different uh, arenas. Cardinals are two games above 500 for the first time since June 16th. They've been hovering mm-hmm. at that 500 mark, so something Cardinal Nation really isn't used to in terms of just hovering at 500. As the Brewers have gone out of this world, Corbin Burns out of that Major League record yesterday. Um, so they've run away with this vision, unlike I thought they would. So credit to Milwaukee there. Uh, but, but nevertheless, still some baseball to break down. We'll go ahead and start with with game one happening back on Tuesday. As you mentioned, Pirates only able to muster up one hit. That one hit was a home run as J.A. Happ turned back the clock. He looked like he yeah. was a Pittsburgh Pirate back in 2015 when he had a sub-2 ERA. Back in 2015 for the Buccos, as he goes sixth inning, strikes out five, gives up just that one hit, and the Cardinal bullpen turns in three Um three no-hit innings. Helsey gives up a walk in that seventh inning. But this, this, in my opinion, the, the Cardinals had to fight Scratch and Claw for their Game 3 win. But Games 1 mm-hmm. and 2 were pretty much just complete and utter domination by the pitching staff and the Pirates. Couldn't get anything going against either one of them.
1: Yeah, and the offense, that's been an issue all year, and especially when you trade a guy like Adam Frazier at the deadline who had the best batting average in the NL at the time. Obviously, you're going to see a depletion in it. But even before that, There's just not a lot of power in this lineup, which obviously nowadays you already know this better than anyone having two of the best power hitters in baseball and Goldschmidt and Arenado. You need those guys that if you're down, say, four to one, like the Pirates were, that can hit a home run and immediately you're down two runs. I mean, that's just what you need and the Pirates don't have it. Colin Moran's been doing it. Brian Reynolds does it. Key Brian Hayes, not really there yet, but I think he'll get to that point. But, I mean, yeah, it was nice to see J.A. Happ do good against us. I mean, 2015, he was absolutely awesome. He had a sub-2 ERA. Some people argued he should have started in the 2015 NL wildcard game against the Cubs. As you said before we uh, recorded, wouldn't have made a difference anyway because Jake Arrieta was (laughs) superhuman that year. Um, And then, of course, it's like every time you play the Cardinals as a Pirates fan, former demons just find a way to come back. Um, J.A. Happ does what he does and goes off. And then we all remember the wonderful 2013 year where Adam Wainwright said, Hey guys, my name's Adam Wainwright. You're up 2-1 here in PNC Park. Yeah, screw you. Um, And it was actually kind of funny. Our Pirates broadcast was talking about Wainwright the entire game for some reason. It was just like they were infatuated with him more than the game. It was the first time that he pitched, I believe, five shutout innings at PNC Park since 2010.
0: Is that right?
1: That's insane. But then you also take in the dominance that the Cardinals have had at PNC the last twenty-one times. I think they're nineteen and two. It's it's very wild to think that Wainwright—that's the first time he's pitched a shutout game at PNC Park in eleven years. But the team has also only lost twice in the last 21, uh, 21 tries. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy.
0: And you know, go ahead and transition into Game Two with that Adam Wainwright start, two-hitter shutout. Throws Maddox also has two hits and an RBI in that game. Yeah. Had as many hits as he gave up. Just straight dominant. You know, talked about this a little early on. Uh, on and talked about this pretty much anytime he goes out, he's just unbelievable. At thirty nine years old, what he's doing is really unheard of in the sport of baseball. He's, his ERA is his lowest since two thousand and fourteen. That does not mm-hmm. include last year because of COVID shortened or twenty fifteen when he only made seven starts. But he. His turn back the clock has a resurgence and he is just straight up dominating. He's only given up, he's given up four runs twice in his last 14 starts. Every other time he's gone out, three runs or less. Um, eleven of those 12 are quality starts where he goes at least six innings. There's really not much more you can ask of out of a guy like Adam Wayne, just complete mm-hmm. domination. And it just looked like nobody on the Pittsburgh Pirates could get anything going against him on, on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah, no, and I mean, that's kind of just been the thing against Adam Wainwright ever since I've known about being a Pirates fan. That's been the thing ever since I've seen Adam Wainwright. As soon as you see that number four in the backstop and Adam Wainwright pitching, you might as well just go ahead and chalk it up as a loss that day. And I thought it was funny, too, that you mentioned, can Adam Wainwright just pitch all 162 games against the (laughs) Pirates and go 162-0? and Um, That would probably be very possible. Again, though, I mean, the second game, I didn't really expect much. That was a game when I was predicting the series for us to win two of three. That was a game I said we would lose and we did lose. Um, and will crow didn't look particularly terrible mm-hmm. in that start at all. I mean, four and two thirds only one or run four K's and three walks. That's a lot better than what we've seen from him. But again, when you just don't have an offense and you have three combined hits in the first two games. It just makes things tough. I mean there's no way you can ask any of your starting pitchers to go out there and say yeah you're probably getting maybe three or four hits if you're lucky go out there and throw five shutout innings every single day. It's not going to happen and that's I think that does weigh on the confidence a lot of the starting pitching. It's not as bad as people like to think it is. There are bad pitchers in this lineup. Will Crow being one, Chase DeYoung being one, Mitch Keller at the moment, and I don't know if he's ever going to fix it, still being one. But you have good guys like JT Brubaker, who struggled mightily over his last eight starts. Um, Miguel Yajure, when he's healthy, awesome guy. He's a phenomenal. And then I mentioned Stephen Brault and Bryce Wilson. You guys avoided Stephen Brault, and I think if Stephen Brault would have pitched here, from what I know, the Cardinals aren't the greatest team against left-handed pitching, so they he probably would have did fine. But the first two games were kind of like well, I guess we're getting the offensive snooze fest, and then Game Three, as we watched together today, was just a roller coaster ride.
0: It really was. And, and Stephen Brault actually did pitch on on Tuesday, not to I. Um, I yes. have short term memory loss, <laughs> and he actually, and to your point, he did well. He did five innings, just two earned, struck out six. Those two weren't came on two home runs. And I, mm-hmm. I talked about on the pod on uh, Tuesday previewing this series. Stephen Brault doesn't give up very many home runs at all. I think his homers per nine were one and point nine respectively in the last two years. So Stephen Brault did do well. I mean, it, it this to, to me, for the, from pirates perspective was a gut punch from the get go. Cause on Tuesday you had a lead off home run by Tommy Edmund and then a home run in the second inning. So automatically in the first two innings, you're right away down two nothing. And then mm-hmm. Tuesday, Wednesday comes along, you got Adam Weinert on the Hill. You know, it's going to be an uphill battle. And once that three spot was put up on the sticks, you knew it was going to be over, but like you mentioned today, was a little bit of a different story. You had a little bit of, of intrigue in this game as the Cardinals win 7-6 to six over the Pittsburgh Pirates. And it was one of those games that it seemed like the, the Pirate, the Cardinals couldn't put the Pirates away. The Cardinals mm-hmm. got out to their seven, uh, got got their seven runs, that got that one insurance run in the ninth, which ended up being huge because of the home run in yeah. the final half of the, of the ninth inning. Uh, but the Cardinal bullpen was just phenomenal tonight. I mean, it, it include, despite those two home runs that Andrew Miller and Alex Reyes gave up, just phenomenal work by McFarlane, Garcia, Cabrera, and Gallegos. Cabrera and Gallegos look filthy tonight, uh, or this this afternoon, I guess I should say. Cabrera with two punch-outs and Gallegos with three strikeouts. When this Cardinal bullpen is on, they are on. They can get the job done. Uh, but credit to the Pirate bullpen as well for, for keeping things intact for the most part. And, you know, this is one of those games where, where what if? You know, what if Paul Goldschmidt doesn't get that double on top half of the ninth? Pirates, that run in the bottom half, ends up being the tying run uh game three was a lot closer than than any other than any of the other three two games yeah.
1: nice little marvel tie in there man <laughs> nice little marvel what if tie-in already what if that did happen what alternate reality you never know be what, um, what what branch would it would have been created if one would have gone foul i there. always <laughs> like to think that there's a branch of reality where the pirates have 27 world championships <laughs> like the New York Yankees. um but either way i mean yeah today was nice uh again jt brubaker Unfortunately, that fourth inning was really his biggest part of why he lost and credited his 12th loss. I mean, you can't give up, what was it? Two home runs in mm-hmm. the, um, I believe, yeah, it was uh, DeYoung and Notebar who actually had his first home run, I believe, at the major league level. Yep. That kind of set things over. I mean, it was five to four at that point, And it's so wild to say, oh, it's the fifth inning and it's five to or fourth inning, it's five to four. Oh, things are probably okay. We can score some runs. Not from the Pirates' perspective. If you fall behind fourth inning or later, things get rocky. And then you gave up another run in the sixth, uh, which didn't help either. And then again, you brought up the insurance run and the importance of it because Brian Reynolds, who I think is going to get some MVP uh, MVP votes at the end of the year and should win the Gold Glove in center field, just didn't play all day. Comes in, hits a home run. He's like, "Yeah, okay, this is just another day at the office for me." And the thing that's crazy about it is. All at the deadline, all you heard was, why is Reynolds still on the Pirates? Well, he's showing you why. Because if he wasn't, I don't know what direction this team would be going in. And I will be 26 years old when his contract runs out. I'm 22 right now. (laughs) So that should give you some perspective as to why a guy like Adam Frazier, who's a free agent after next year, and a guy like Brian Reynolds, who is under T-control until almost 2027, is still here.
0: Yeah, and I think baseball is such a different sport, too, where it's not like you can just kind of go complete tank, complete rebuild. You've still got to have players to build around. I think the Pirates do have that a little bit in, in a Brian Reynolds, in a key Brian Hayes. And we'll talk about Hayes still in a moment. But at the end of the day, you can try and tank all you want. and you, you can go that route. And some teams have to do that at some point. I get it. But you still have to have some major league talent. They have mm-hmm. that with those two guys. Colin Moran has absolutely murdered St. Louis Cardinal pitching. I think I um, hit over 500 against the Cardinals this season. And it was just one of those things he hit basically the same pitch out tonight or t- today, <laughs> excuse me, I keep saying tonight um, two sliders that he just absolutely demolished and continues to kill the Cardinals. He killed the Cardinals when the pirates took three out of four at Bush stadium earlier this season. I think for, for Cardinals too, this was kind of a revenge because the Cardinals don't lose very many games at home, at least traditionally speaking, they don't lose very many games at all to the at home of the Pittsburgh pirates. And actually oh. Pittsburgh came in and took three out of four, all credit to them. I think the Cardinals came back with a little, little bit of a
1: vengeance to, to
0: get a to
1: get the three-game sweep today. Well, oh, yeah, and it doesn't help that Max Kranich, if it wasn't for the damn weather in St. Louis, was pitching a perfect or a no-hitter through five innings. Right. In <laughs> yeah. MLB debut. I was like, man, this has this, – that had to suck for him, dude. Like, you're, like, going off, and then a rain delay is the reason you can't go back out there, because I really think in that he would have at least went seven innings. Oh, yeah, he was cruising. But, I mean, you brought up Hayes, too, and I want to tell people this. I did bring up that he's in a slump. Okay. He's also a rookie. We went over this before the season started the whole Dylan Carlson versus key Brian Hayes thing. Now it's Taylor Rogers and jazz Chisholm and they're literally on the same team. So it's like rookie of the year is probably, or Brennan. Did I say the right name? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. I was Rogers. gonna say Rogers is winning it. He's going to get Cy Young votes. He's winning rookie of the year this year. Don't let anybody fool you in saying no, but. Considering where Hayes is, he still has yet to even play a full season of baseball. He's still a rookie. He's still a very good player, but he's still a rookie. He's batting 250. People are acting like he's batting at the Mendoza line right now based on like what he did last year, which to some extent, I mean, when you bat 396 in your first 23 games, people are going to get excited and expect you to be in a certain spot. But whenever you look at his stats against St. Louis— 20 at-bats and six hits. Not bad against a team that actually has a pretty decent staff for the most part. And, I mean, yeah, he hasn't been the same self that he was whenever he was hitting a home run on opening day against the Cubs or last year. But when you're talking about him, even though Nolan Arenado was kind of the same way, they compare a lot. They're both very good defensive first, first baseman. Even though Nolan Arenado's bat has caught up to him over his career as well, I think Hayes is going to be the same way. And there's only a way to go up here. And I know Dylan Carlson's the same way people have to realize that about baseball, especially as rookies are not like in the NFL, where they come mm-hmm. in immediately and make things happen. Sometimes it does happen, but Hayes is not like a generational talent. As of right now, I wouldn't give him that token. Right. And he's not the best player on this team either. The best player on this team is number 10, Brian Reynolds. I will say that and die on that hill. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, it's always a fun debate. rookie. I think that's one that we talked a lot about going into the year. And then I don't have the stats in front of me from the Pittsburgh series earlier, but keep Hayes 2 out of 11 with four strikeouts and Dylan Carlson 5 out of 11. Very small sample size, but this round does indeed go to Dylan Carlson. But I agree with you 100%. These guys need time. And especially I think Pittsburgh might Pittsburgh fans might be starting to get a, impatient. They want results. Keep Hayes flashed a lot of results last year even flash results like you mentioned this year before he got hurt. And who, who knows? Again, a what-if question. What if he doesn't get hurt? What if he continues mm-hmm. his, his torch stretch and continues to, to dominate at the major league level? Well, we're never going to know. I think this is one of those things that both Dylan Carlson and Key Brian Hayes are going to develop, and they're both going to take time to develop. And in my opinion, despite the struggles that they Dylan Carlson has struggled a little bit this year, um, mm. but despite both the struggles, I think they both develop into generational type stars or at least going to be very solid major league baseball players, very high floor, very, very high ceiling for both these guys in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I would agree a hundred percent. And I mean, there's guys all around the division that are like that now. I mean, the Cubs acquired Nick Madrigal. He's very high ceiling, high floor. Um, the Brewers have Ethan small. He's another high ceiling, high floor, uh, high floor player, Jonathan India, over in Cincinnati has proved the same thing. He's a very high floor, high uh, ceiling guy. The NL Central might not be the greatest division right now, but in about three or four years' time when the Cubs are done with their retool, Pirates are contending, hopefully. The Reds maybe keep everything together. This could be a AL East kind of division in three or four years' time. It would not surprise me in the slightest.
0: No, for sure. And especially, like you said, if the Brewers continue to develop pitching like they do because they seem to turn out pitching every other year now with Burns, Woodruff, Hayter, St. Louis native Peralta, you know, the Brewers could be around for a while as well. So it could could be fun in years to come. But from here on out, like you mentioned, Ethan, it might be just looking at individual storylines, looking at Mm -hmm. who's going to grow for both the Cardinals and the Pirates because despite the Cardinals getting a sweep here, they beat Kansas City 2-3 last weekend. This team's not making the postseason. Um it, unless would, it you would, would
1: take an astronomical like downpour it, from like two four, different teams. Two
0: or three teams. It would have to be a combination of the Brewers, Dodgers, Giants, Reds. Phillies, Braves, Mets, two or three mm-hmm. of those teams would have to fall at the face of the earth. And as much as I would love to see the Cardinals do a 2011 type run, not sure that they have it in them. Uh, but, Ethan, that's going to do it for, for this uh, little mini crossover that we got going. Uh, why don't you tell my listeners where they can find you and uh, w- where they can hear your work as well?
1: Of course you guys can hear me at locked on pirates on Twitter, as well as at MVP underscore Ethan, where me and Lucas had a ton of fun this week. Uh, I guess Lucas is also a pirates fan this weekend as we play the Brewers in PNC park. Absolutely. I am. (laughs) So he's a pirates fan this weekend. Um, But you uh, pretty much other than that, I mean, I do have my own personal blog that I do on Pittsburgh sports called ESS sports talk. I also talk about national basketball association and NFL as a whole. So NFL season, Already around the corner, I mean, the Steelers play a preseason game tonight again for the second time already, which I find insane. Crazy. Um, But, yeah, that's where you can find all of my stuff
0: love it i'm on twitter at lj fastball you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at lo underscore cardinals email the show with any questions comments complaints or concerns at lockedoncards at gmail.com and starting friday august the 13th youtube debut for locked on cardinals so be sure to hit that subscribe button on youtube so thanks for listening pirate nation and cardinal nation and until ethan and i talk to you again be sure to stay safe stay well and have a fantastic day